Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there everyone. Welcome to the War Culture Game podcast. I'm Ben Roy joined today by Ewan. Hello. And by Josh. Hello there. Hi, and a little bit behind the curtains, we, we, we found a bit tired today and we, we couldn't really think of an idea to boot first off, you see. So this is why, the, this is why the siren, the brrrr, <laughs> please can we have some questions, you know, sort of thing. So, you know, it's Friday, it's like everyone's sleepy at the end of the month. Everyone's getting down on Friday. Yeah, we're exactly, waiting, for, you know? waiting for payday as well. And, you know, like the excitement of all the new consoles has come and sort of like, come and gone and Todd Howard is now owned by Phil Spencer. So <laughs> I thought what we would do is just just source some questions from the community, source some questions from the lovely viewers, the Twitter followers. And we, you've all come through, to be fair. Like I wasn't expecting that many within an hour. So I thank you all very much. And um, this first question actually ties in with, with, I say we didn't have an idea, with a great, great angle that Josh had from this one. Uh, lean to the, uh, the sort of Spider-Man, to what's going on with Spider-Man and sort of control recently. So this one is from Dot dot pwn dot pun i'm sorry about that i can't help that uh so opinions on control and spider-man changing from their uh, upgrades for next gen so like the different cases with control basically just not offering an upgrade and making you buy again and then spider-man mars morales being on next gen even though it's going to be on ps4 but then also bundling in spider-man PS4 in with Miles Morales, bring it up to the old $70, 70 quid mark. Yeah. What, do you, yeah. what do you both think of that? I'm lost, mate. I'm completely lost. <laughs> to be fair, I just literally put the put the bones down for Spider-Man Miles Morales today. Uh, and I haven't gone for the, for the deluxe mega ultra stupid edition because I figured, you know what? I'm content with the graphical down, the, the graphical iteration here. I'm, I'm totally, I don't need to play Spider-Man PS4 on PS5 with some slightly better textures, you know, because I think it's still going to look good at the end of the day. It's just weird. They haven't, the, the, the communication around that this game and like Sony's, you know, the, the cross-gen elements of it all, uh, it's been appalling. It's, it's really hard to follow. Um, and I think the one saving grace currently is that, you know, it's the PlayStation 5 and that's easier for people to kind of grasp. <laughs> ah, it's, the, it's the fifth one. We're gonna, it's an improvement and then we'll get this and it'll be on the PS5. But the actual, you know, the nitty gritty logistics of it all is quite confusing. And the control stuff as well is obviously very bad. 
Yeah. Totally. I mean, when it comes to like the Spider-Man stuff, like I'm the same as you, you, and I'm kind of, I've been all over the place with it. Like I'm fine with um, Miles Morales in general, like coming to PlayStation 4. I thought it was weird the way they communicated that when they didn't announce that when the game was announced. But the whole thing about, you know, whether or not you can take your current version of Spider-Man to the PlayStation 5, whether or not that will be the remaster is just kind of, why, why have they made it so confusing? Because they came out initially and said, yes, if you own Spider-Man PlayStation 4, you can have a free, not, not a free upgrade, but you can play Spider-Man PlayStation 4 on the PlayStation 5. It works as a port. It's backwards compatible. But then also they're doing this Spider-Man PS4 remaster that has the next gen version of Peter Parker, as they described, a bunch of, you know, high resolution textures, uh, stuff like that. But they're charging for that version and I'm just like, why do you have like four different versions of this game? Why are you making this so needlessly complex when Microsoft's messaging is just, you've got this game, sure, you can, you can play it on the Xbox um, Series X and it'll have all of the fancy updates and stuff But which like Xbox that. is that, Josh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't forget the Series <laughs> S. We love a bit of the Series S love here. Um, it's weird for me as well because Spider-Man PS4 d- mysteriously disappeared off PlayStation Now recently as well. It's like, oh, where has it gone? <laughs> oh, no, it's just, it's just for no reason. This game that Sony just own and don't have to ever remove off the service has gone. And then they all this like weird news comes out. Of it. And I think that also was the case with Control. Control was on uh, Now for a while, I think, as well. And that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just gone. Where it, I don't know. Maybe they want to sell another <laughs> copy. Maybe they also accidentally upgraded everyone that owned the game to the Super Edition as well, oh. which was another thing. Like, come on, like, just if you're going to be business, if you're going to be captain business, just say, look, business, we just want more money out of you. We're not lying. It's not impossible. It's literally yeah. a press of a button on the back end. And it's just, I think it's just when they get caught out, like, especially with the control thing, yeah. it's just. There's no excuse here, really, is that's, it? Funny. That, that's it. It's like, I, I, want, I love both of these games. I want to buy into these games, but don't lie to my face, publisher. You know what I mean, don't <laughs> tell me that it's impossible to upgrade people who own control to the, to the, to the collector's edition or the next-gen edition or whatever, and then just do it by accident and then go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, guys. Pretend you didn't see it. I actually, <laughs> I actually want to exploit you. You know, I actually really wanted to do that. And now, oh, joke's on me. It's just, when it comes to the next-gen stuff, it's already kind of like confusing and it's been, um, you know, a, a rush to get pre-orders, a rush to get the information out, a rush to get the prices. Then we have this kind of extra element of we're not really sure which games are going to carry through. And if they do carry through, are they going to get enhancements? Because, for instance... Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, it's it's uh, technically a launch day for the PlayStation 5. It comes out on the same day. You can play it backwards compatible if you get a PlayStation 5. That said, the next-gen enhancements aren't coming until a few months later, so it's not necessarily a mm. PlayStation 5 version of the game. Yeah. And that's where the messaging gets really confusing. Like, I'm sure they're doing their best within the time they've had. I, I don't know how much time Sony has given developers to prepare for this or whatever. Presumably not very long. But even then, it doesn't really help for us trying to like buy into this. And it's almost like they're trying to preserve that day one purchase that's been so lucrative to the market because they want people in, even if the upgrades or the extra elements won't be coming until after the fact. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems as though like they could have let all these consoles simmer a little bit longer, but then obviously you miss the vaunted, you know, holiday release window. And it definitely feels as though, you know, they've not been hamstrung by this, but certainly is their intent to just push these consoles out the, the door, even with kind of a weird, you know, not having their messaging completely on, you know, on brand for what thing works for what and how X thing works and when 
upgrades will happen and it is it, it is really weird because it's just kind of like well how why can't you just free upgrade Spider-Man PS4 so that it has the remastered qualities mm-hmm. of the PS5. It makes no sense to me. If other if other companies, you know, Square Enix, Avengers, that's going to have a free upgrade for PlayStation 5, I believe, um, this year. Um, it gets upgraded for free. Like you said, Cyberpunk 2077, that's also getting that kind of free transition. It doesn't exactly send out the best message ever that Sony's first party titles that have, you know, are going to have come out aren't going to get that automatic upgrade as well. Obviously, again, I don't think everything needs to be upgraded, but if it exists and you already own the game and other third-party studios and and publishers are going out of their way to make those um, upgrades free, it is not the best look ever. Um, And it certainly reeks the idea of like, well, ex-consumer is already spending um, half a grand on a console and controllers and launch title games. So what's 20 extra quid going to be, you know, in in that whole equation? It definitely reeks of, like you said, just the Mr. PlayStation just looking at you, Josh Brown, staring the eyes and just going, (laughs) right, yeah, I mean, we could could have done it for free, but... No, I'm willing. No, <laughs> no. It's it's sorry to jump in, but right. I'm just gonna say like it, it is so funny because like I feel like if this was just one isolated incident with Spider-Man, we might have been able to shrug it off. But it's because everything's happened at the same time. We've got this Spider-Man confusion. We've got the confusion around the pre-orders. We've also got Sony sneakily um, updating the price for first-party titles to seventy dollars rather than sixty. And all of those together, it's just kind of made this kind of like a bit of a backlash to the company. Like, oh, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is the right move? Are you sure this is a good look? I don't think this is it, Chief. I just, I can understand why PlayStation 3 hasn't happened because they built that on a trash fire sort of mess that they, <laughs> they've locked themselves in for all of eternity now. And, and unless developers go in and do the hard work or unless you play it through now, but not downloaded your console on like the now servers, then that's a whole thing. That's, that, I understand that. And I understand you're not going to take your copy of the Phantom Mares on PS1 and put it into a PlayStation. <laughs> Why not, Ben Roy? Why because, not? <laughs> because Rugrats will be first, okay? Rugrats will be first. But with PlayStation 4, come on, like... And I know that I'm going to buy The Last of Us again because I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help going to Naughty Dog and begging them to just let me have the chance to even own their products at this point. And it's, it's horrible. And, like, with Spider-Man as well, like, you literally could... Their first party stuff, especially if they go into the old 70 quid, which they sneaked around in like the back alleys of one of their PlayStation blogs as well. Like, <laughs> literally like, oh, I hate you on one of these R70. And it's, it's like, like those really, really wild American like medication adverts where it'll list off all the side effects like really like quickly. Yeah. It's like, here, enjoy Spider-Man, P- <laughs> Spider-Man PS4 on the PlayStation 5. Also, it could have been free, but we didn't do it. Also, please buy it stuff. <laughs> I get that that Jim Ryan and Shu have been distracted by Fall Guys for so long, but we just, we need, uh, telling us that, I don't even think anyone, I don't even think the smartest scientist in history still knows if demons, what's going on demons, it's on everywhere, no it's not, oh we made a mistake, sorry, ah, and then Jeff Keighley had to give us more information of what's going on, it seems like whoever's in their PR just, dropped everything on the floor their notes and handed all them to the wrong people sort of thing i don't know how it's got to this but then also bringing it back to the point like yeah the first party sure it's going to 70 and all that sort of thing but i think their own like the god of wars and all that sort of thing should just come should just come along mm-hmm. and fair enough they do in ps now like that i mean that's kind of the same thing as 
Xbox because all their first parties are going to be on Game Pass. If you've bought a first party Xbox game in the past two or three years, I'm sorry, that's on you. You just shouldn't have done that. You should have played on Game Pass. And unless you couldn't, obviously, because of like, you know, people are in parts of the world where the internet is just crap. But yeah, I, I think they need to offer it on now or not do this sneaky, like, have this game which you should be already played for another £20. Yeah. Just to make it clear, I suppose, because it raises the question, you know, at what point do our first parties supposed to charge for, like, upgrades or whatever? Because, you know, the Spider-Man remastered, it's been billed as a, as a proper remastered edition, you know, but what differentiates that from just general next-gen upgrades, you know? Yeah, I mean? and also, like, it definitely, that also, again, it's exaggerated by the fact that Miles Morales is itself a cross-gen game as well. We haven't mm-hmm. seen what it looks like on PlayStation 4, so there's no way for us, you know, the game releases next month, there's no way for us to actually tell the trend. You know, it's easy to look at the, the gameplay for Miles Morales on PS5 right now and go, wow, that looks amazing. But we haven't seen, correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't seen gameplay for Spider-Man PS4 remastered. And I don't know if you can actually see the, the transition yeah. of what Miles Morales looks like on the PlayStation 4 as well, um, which is a little bit of a weird thing. The whole, the whole way this, you know, this, this console war is panning out is it is like the inversion of and it's i mean not to the same degree obviously but it does kind of feel like we're stuck in 2013 all over again and the thing that killed xbox at that you know that year for the xbox one was that they were put in so many different rules and variations and different bits of variables and you know sony realized at the time the way to cut through all that was to to literally take the piss out of the competition and just go, here is the game, you can play it, which is a very simple message to get behind and understand. Whereas now you have them all these different little bitty, itty bitty complications, which is definitely, you know, kind of stymieing their, their launch. And all I'm going to say right now is the guy who came up with the idea and named PlayStations with different numbers and not do the thing that the Xbox has been doing. He, he, he should be sitting pretty in some sort of like uh, private <laughs> island somewhere, just sipping on margaritas because... Um, oh. Like, I mean, it, it, I think the PlayStation brand is going to, you know, it's, it's totally fine. I think we already confirmed that, you know, there is more demand for PlayStation 5 consoles than there is for the Xbox stuff currently. At least that's what I'm kind of getting from word of mouth. Um, but it definitely is a case of like, if you then factored on, if, if Sony, if, if the PlayStation 5 didn't have that simple effective branding, I do kind of wonder where Sony would be right now. Because again, as someone who hasn't been with Xbox since Xbox 360, I do kind of look at all the games past and games past and Series X and Xbox S and I do kind of get a little bit discombobulated. So to have that simple messaging is cool, but someone at Sony really needs to wake up and realize like, okay, we really need to just get everything clear and concise and out for the consumer because right now it just kind of looks like they're in a fire waving their arms around like that last from Popeye. So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. And messaging is a big part of it, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you said, you know, it, it sounds simple, but just having the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5, that continuation, it's, it's easy, it's simple, it's concise. People know what they're getting. You know, we even saw with the, um, the Xbox Series X, when that went on sale, you know, there was that, there was that <laughs> yeah. thing going around about the Xbox One X, like surging in sales. I think it was on Amazon by like 747% or something. Yeah. And honestly, guys, genuinely, I'm not even taking the piss. My heart sank a little bit because I just thought about all of those, like, you know, parents and stuff picking mm-hmm. this console up for their kids, thinking they got the right one. And I'm just, I'm getting flash forwards to yeah. Christmas Day and the disappointment going to be on these uh, children's faces. And I can't, I can't handle it. It makes me genuinely upset. Well, I will advise to anyone that's listening to this who is waiting for their parents to buy this one for Christmas. 
Like when I back in the day when VHSs were still thing, when I was asking my mother to get the James Bond VHSs, uh, they used to all make a picture, right? When you put them on the shelf, and I I realized that I, I my mom was buying them. She's a great mom. She bought me lots of gifts, but the one of them she got, I think it was a view to a kill. Didn't have it wasn't this. It wasn't the matching case. It wasn't the right view so to a kill. to do? So <laughs> I, I I found it in the wardrobe, and I had to go sort of like go back and I like just talk about it out loud. Like, yeah, I think the really great thing about this is that the, the picture matches up, and I like how the picture matches up. And then just left them in the front room for a bit as I went off to <laughs> and came back. And then lo and behold, Christmas Day, I got the right version of a view to a kill. So what I'm <laughs> saying is, <laughs> you've erected this giant statue, James Bond. Just yeah. being like, this is how I want it, and then yeah, just exactly. like, be, be visually like, kids. Are you are you like condoning espionage here? Are you condoning I, sneaking around the house and then dropping hints when you found out the prize? I think I think you if you do that and you find out that your parent has got you the wrong thing and you save Christmas by hinting <laughs> that, then you are the hero. You deserve an extra helping of. <laughs> turkey or gammon or whatever you prefer maybe some stuffing <laughs> but um that and also i agree with you and like they should make the so should make the marketing more simple uh and, and so should exports in their ways with their brand and the consoles but then like again like Sony just need to do the now thing. Like everything's on now, not straight away, but like you can just play these through now if you do. Give us a tenner a month or whatever. Like you can do with Game Pass, like I did yesterday and played Gears of War Judgment for hours for some reason. <laughs> but I think we've dwelled on this question enough and we should move on to another one from <laughs> yeah. um, Hayley from Quarantine who says, what one, uh, what one genre of gaming uh, has seemed to die out in the recent years which you'd love to see come back? Uh, she says, uh, I think mine would be Extreme Sports. Uh, you have one that's a good one that's a, good one. That's a really good one. i'm gonna say stealth because like <laughs> i'm just gonna fly the banner for scott taylor for while he isn't here and say well, it's ridiculous you're not had a new splinter cell he's in rainbow six man but he's not like got his <laughs> outfit on or anything like come on ub Zero. why is sam fisher like well, i don't understand how you could have such an iconic like character it would be like if crystal dynamics and square enix were, like lara croft who it's ridiculous ubisoft are there you know they have so much um brand recognition in terms of you know the assassin's creed hood and like um you know even division guy maybe i don't know um but like the iconic the iconic guy from um what is it uh watchdogs Watchdogs, i was say that they're they're more keen and willing to basically promote aiden pierce from one of the most controversial and surely most hated next gen releases ever in terms of you know exemplifying the the country the the the, the company's you know um duplicitous approach to marketing video games but sam fisher he's just kind of left in in somewhere i, I know it's it's probably a case they've done the they've done the math right and they probably thought you know what no one cares about stealth games anymore. It's all about numbers and battle royales. And we'll get a Splinter Cell battle royale. And then we'll put them in the mobile game where we'll team up with that one bad lad from Ghost Recon Wildlands to take down a revolutionary political movement or something like that. And it's just all a big load of bollocks. And to be fair, now that I've, now that I've just gotten through this now, don't bring back Sam Fisher. I don't trust you to do him well anyway. So there we go. That's my rant concluded. I, don't, I want stealth back, but I, I think Splinter Cell might just, it's, it's dead. You be killed them. 
I think you might be right. You know what I mean? I don't think I trust them to bring him back no. either because they, they'll, they'll do it wrong. Because I feel like, you know, when it comes to like big budget AAA video games, that space, it's just not conducive to like the older school style of stealth. You know, like that more methodical, less action orientated, ghosting through level stealth. Now, I feel like, and I think this is partly um, Arkham Asylum's fault in a way, even though that yep. game is obviously mm-hmm. awesome. But it transformed the stealth from something where you're kind of like trying to get through to being more of a predator, to being more of this like silent assassin, more or less, like taking people down, inspiring fear, rather than, you know, only resorting to violence when you Rather than doing the Ben Roy DVD method. Yeah, yeah, rather (laughs) than VHS. We're talking VHS here. All right, okay. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So uh, if, if they could, I'd, I'd love for them to bring that, that style back. Uh, I think Extreme Sports Games is really good. Playing through um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered recently has reignited my love for that but honestly right the one i want to see come back is just guitar hero or rock band like back properly because we had guitar hero for no guitar hero live and rock band for but honestly i thought guitar hero live was was the tits i thought it was excellent i thought the the music channel focus that they had where you could continually update the set list was a really cool idea the new guitar was a uh, pretty fit as well so yeah i mean no one might buy it but just do it well, bring it back, because it's the ultimate chill-out game, especially if you could like put it in VR or something like they did with um, Beat Saber. You know what I mean? Put everything in VR as well, by the way, but particularly Guitar Hero. <laughs> i tell you what, a Star Trek bridge crew type thing where you can look around and see your mates like, jamming away. That would be really funny. Even better if you can get you take a photo of your face and put a really bad face on each <laughs> band member. I would love that. <laughs> 
How much that. would that live concept have worked more if it was like you on stage, like looking down, and then you see your like God. mother in the crowd? You're like, yeah, man, look, man, made it. Then you rock out, you shred this get excellent solo, Bill and Ted style, best game ever. You know what? Actually, you know what? Bill I'm and gonna, Ted I'm game. Do my resignation right now. I'm going. I'm going to make this game. I'm going off into the woods, and I'm not coming back until I've made it with uh, with Bill and Ted uh, pre-order bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of the time that I sang Jump in My Car on stage at school one time. Uh, my one would probably be, just have to be stealth as well, you know, because I, unlike you in though, I'm too weak. I'll buy whatever they put with, if they call anything a splinter cell, I'm buying it. I don't care. Like, I don't, uh, even if they gave us really, like, what is it, the Prince of Persia, is it just Sands of Time they're doing? For just the Sands of Time, yeah. Just if they gave me like, ah, just make it work on, playstation 5 and xbox one s go on just put it out i'm probably do it and then you would have like it would come out like that mafia one where sam just goggles <laughs> is actually in his head and it's all that broken but yeah it, it's weird because as i as we've got a few things coming around that should be coming out about like stealth and like like also what why don't they just look at what konami did with metal gear and they just do that with the splinter cell and i'm in a pachenko machine <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just take, or just take the Wildlands massive open map and just be like, you can play it on your own as as a Sam Fisher. But if you play it with four other people, over, you can have three Man, other Sam. You Fisher. know, you know, if they do that, they'll have like three different goggles, right? And you'll get, you'll kill a guy, and then it'll be like, here, you would look some legendary goggles that go like that, and then that'll be the entire game. No, I don't trust them. Thanks. I've completely reneged on this commitment to wanting <laughs> split a cell back. Thanks to the legendary Ubisoft points, right? I played, I, I managed to get a, a Sam Fisher outfit in that game. And I played for that whole game as a female Sam Fisher. And I was like, shh, we're stealthing as my friends would fly in, in helicopters, basically playing um, Flight of the Valkyries, just bombing everyone. I'm like, I'm trying to scroll through the bushes for half an hour, man. <laughs> but bushes like, of love. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think stealth, like, I don't think stealth excel stuff itself sells anymore because stuff has been homogenized into other genres but i feel like you could bring sam fisher back and have another crack at it if you tried but it like and i would have to guess like yeah sure it's going to be have a big world with 70 billion icons but you could sneak around in that a bit like you could... <laughs> oh, i don't i don't know man i don't know like i hope you know with everything that's been going on in Ubisoft with the, all of these like horrific allegations, you know, like the personnel changes and stuff, you yeah. know, that is going to impact the actual, uh, you know, the way games are made as well, because a lot of those top executives who have gone were in charge of like the Ubisoft design or whatever. So hopefully if they get some, you know, pro, get some really interesting creatives that deserve to be in charge of these franchises to do something new with it, to really commit to a, a new idea of like splinter cell maybe i i am i am i am hopeful because i've got to be hopeful in in these trying times that they could do it well if they did commit to it but you would have to commit to it not only this half-assed like you said homogenized part action game bs like just, just 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 give it a try it's been years and the only reason that we think stealth doesn't sell is because no one's tried to make a stealth game and then try to sell it and metal gear solid 5 did it and yeah. it sold really well if if the Metal Gear Solid One remake comes out, or if Konami is absorbed by PlayStation before we get another Splinter Cell, if that magic future happens, I don't know. I'll um I'll I'll eat this Funko Pop of Jill Valentine. 
Um, Man, those things are difficult to keep down. Like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, it's better than eating this uh, this amiibo of Mario because it's very. I sharp. think the Funko Pops oh, wow. will come out like an alien chest buster because they they have to be seen. That's how you make Funko Pops. <laughs> like seventeen more come out of me. Um, I think we've got time for like say one or more two questions. Like, I I was looking through, but I was really distracted by this person's name because it's a great name. So we've got one from Roy Turner, who says, <laughs> "Should video games demo should video game demos be available for?" those who already have paid for the game so, ba so basically if you've bought the game you should like should you have to buy the game sort of to get the demo or should they already be out there something sort of like it's for me it's, it feels weird buying or pre-ordering crash bandicoot 4 and then getting rewarded with the demo sort of thing yeah i mean it's it's a one thing that is really gotten on my tits over the past console generation has been the delineation between demo and beta and developers or studios getting confused between whether they want to use those opportunities to address fixes in the game or to just try and sell it so before avengers came out they had those the closed beta and then the public beta and it was very much a case of like we're not going to introduce this so that we can fix issues we're going to use it as an opportunity to advertise the game and be like well you could have uh, we'll show you the campaign we'll show you a, bit, a few missions to the campaign we'll show you a few missions from the cart we'll do it this way and this way it was like a presentation um I, it's a weird thing like i guess you know beta access is important and i think it's good that you know companies are if you if you allow people who pre-order the game to then get access to a beta beforehand it makes sense um because those are the most invested players and you should be able to find more stuff or whatever um but i i'm again at the same time like with these betas and stuff i think they, they're treated more as an opportunity to advertise the game and get more people in rather than address you know serious issues with it. i think you know with avengers there was uh, there was a patch that came out the other week that like fixed over a thousand issues that were still present in the game at launch so like how can you say how much of you know the beta time was spent addressing these these bugs and stuff so it's a weird thing i i, I think demos themselves are just I, I, they're not really they're not really valuable anymore from like people, but like, you know, betas particularly, they're, they're basically treated as the same thing. I don't know. I'm probably just chatting complete bollocks, but like, I've kind of like just yeah. looked at all these things. And I'm, I'm kind of in a weird position with them all. I agree with you in a way because mm. I feel like um, yeah, demos have become betas and I don't even know what demos are anymore. Like when I was saying there, when it comes to Crash Bandicoot and even Tony Hawk's, like you had to pre-order the game to get the demo, which seems like a paradox to me because why would the people who have already decided to buy the game need a demo to be convinced to buy the game? Like that to me is just, that's just early access. Just call it early access because we already have, you know, services like that. I'm sure if you like, I think if you're on EA, you're on some EA thing, you get access to FIFA, for instance, you know, a few days in advance, the new games like that. Like why call it a demo when the, I mean, I guess in, in an ideal world, the, the whole point of a demo is to appeal to people who might be on the fence and then they get to play it and then they get to go, you know what, this is sick, I'm going to buy it. That's exactly what happened with the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That was on a demo disc with like Crash. Oh, and demo discs. Demo discs for PlayStation 1. And that resulted in, in a lot of sales because everyone was just playing that one level to death and then they eventually got the thing. But like, I think betas are valuable. And like Ewan said, I do think it makes sense to you know, to have a closed beta initially to people who pre-ordered it. I mean, I would just, I would, I would advocate more for a sign-up thing rather than having to yeah. put money down. But it makes sense, like, like you said, to appeal to, you know, the people who are really going to play this, who are really looking forward to, to get their feedback first. But like demos now, we're just in this weird position where for a long time they were deemed as not viable and people weren't making them because it does take dev time out of the actual production, which is already in many cases rushed and there's a lot of crunch and stuff. <clears throat> But at the same time, if you're going to do them, 
to make them accessible to everyone so everyone get a taste of the game and then they can decide whether or not they want to purchase it it makes no sense to me to have a demo be a, re- a pre-order reward that's just mm. backwards yeah it's, it's weird because um the demo that's out now is pretty much the build that's uh me and scott got to play a bit early and it's the exact same thing but the thing is that i i was hyped for crash 4 right but playing that sold me on crash 4 I feel like if you let people just play those free levels that are out there, you would probably get more sales out of it. Like I know it takes, t- it takes time and um, it costs resources for that. But if these things are going to sell copies, then it just seems like a no brainer. I also think like you, you just shouldn't be using the weather. Why is a demo any sort of bonus? And also with the Avengers thing, that isn't a beta. That's a stress test. Like mm-hmm. betas, remember back in the day of Halo 3 when you, was it, you bought crack, you cracked down one and you got the, the, oh my God, the yeah. Halo 3 beta. Yeah. That was a beta. This is a, th- these games are already done. They're just like, mm-hmm. how many more servers do we need to turn on, Jim? Oh, wait. How many? Well, four? Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. And it's like, so it's, it's more, and I think one company is even trying to say, get access to our alpha, but the, it's going to be within the same year the game comes out. The alphas are not being yeah. made in the same year the game comes out. It's, it's this weird lingo that, they, that I think PR have recognized that people understand and know now. Now they're just using the, these testers just to mark it off, which is really, really confusing. But I, I guess, especially with the demo, they're going, those people that remember their discs, they want to get that disc. They want that, they want that feeling again. Let's get them in. I think it's just that. Dude, like, I fully agree, especially with like that alpha thing. I was playing the Call of Duty alpha um, last weekend or the weekend before, whenever God, it was out. About that. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's like, like you, like you said, you, and it's like, it's treated like more of a marketing thing, more of like an open demo than what it actually should be, which is kind of like, to, you know, to address issues, address bugs, stress test the servers and stuff. But like to call something an alpha that is, you know, what, less than, much less than two months away from release, like, it kind of like builds this almost barrier between the experience and what people think they might get. Cause I saw a lot of people complaining about certain issues in that Call of Duty title. And a lot of people were like jumping on them saying, well, it's only an alpha things can change. And yeah, that is true, but not to, a, not to a huge extent. We're still a month and a bit away from this game coming out. We aren't going to see massive, massive overhauls within that time. You know what I mean? That like saying it's an alpha yeah, it's great from a PR perspective because you can spin it. People kind of know what it means. It's taken on a different term than what it originally meant. You know what I mean? It's, it's not really an alpha. It's, it's an alpha only in name and because it's going to precede a beta that no doubt comes out in like two weeks time or something. But not, it's not fundamentally kind of what it should be used for, which is to address much bigger issues or much bigger worries that people have with the product. Yeah, I just, with all that, I want to finish on like sort of a, like a more of a fun question into our dark future of video gaming. Uh, so JWT uh, basically goes on about the, uh, the Zenimax Bethesda buyout or something. And, and he asks, uh, what, uh, what the titles do you think will remain multi-platform or what do you think will be siloed off? So oh. we've got the options out of, uh, I'm just going to go back to that picture that they presented. So we've got Dishonored, Wolfenstein, Fallout, Doom, Starfield, Evil Within, and Prey. These are ones that we're going to just quickly go over. Which ones of them do you think are going to... I want another scroll, sorry. Which ones do you think are going to be locked in Phil Spencer's box? And which ones do you think are going to be let out to run, roam free? Mm. Right. 
I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to leave now. This is this is bad. I'm right. I just want to say before before I give my answer that the loving for Xbox this week has done my head in, and I'm not. I don't want to try to sound like a fanboy or whatever. But it, it, it is astounding to me that we're all celebrating this as like some sort of you know major win for the industry or whatever. When in actual fact, it's just putting more and more valuable IP in the hands of one company, um, and that's something that you know everyone should kind of be a little bit concerned about. Especially you know we're talking about. Um, in terms of these games, like classics that span across different consoles. And obviously, you know, the same goes for Spider-Man. I'm not refuting that. Um, but it is a weird concern. And I, I think I think with a degree of certainty, even that you know, some of these titles, we can say that will be multi-platform, but I don't think they'll be releasing on PlayStation. Uh, certainly not. I think it would be a case. I think Microsoft would be dumb to do that. The Elder Scrolls Fallout, those are massive, massive, massive brand names that would be system sellers for their consoles. And, you know, for using uh, Xbox game services and stuff like the PC as well. So maybe a case-by-case basis, you'll see these titles pop up on Nintendo consoles, but I have very little hope that any of them will go to PlayStation, Um, which is fine for me personally, because I do not really care about um, Fallout. And I do love The Elder Scrolls, but it's something I can live without. But it is kind of a case of like, I am a little bit confused about the discourse surrounding all of this and how effusive the praise has been. For me, for, see, for me, like, I haven't been head over heels about, like, the, mm. the acquisition, but for me, it's more the way that they've treated anything that isn't Fallout or, or Elder Scrolls, because they're going to survive, they're going to remain popular. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a big win for, um, you know, Bethesda and Microsoft. But for me, it's more the stuff like Prey or The Evil Within, which for me personally, I always felt like they were underserved under Bethesda. Like, I never thought they got the push or the, the proper attention they, they, they deserved because they're great games, they're great studios, and yet they always felt like they were taking a back seat to, you know, the likes of Doom or, or Fallout and stuff. So I'm hoping fingers crossed again in this optimistic future that <laughs> Microsoft can kind of address that and put them on kind of equal footing, make them these big things that they deserve to be. That said, I do think uh, for like almost certain that every single one of those franchises with the exception of maybe Fallout and the Elder Scrolls is going to be exclusive. And even when it comes to Fallout and the Elder Scrolls, I only have a, like a 20% reservation. And that's because they did confirm that Bethesda will be publishing certain titles made by Bethesda game studios uh, so you might imagine that they want to keep it like those biggest brands, you know, cross platform to get the amount in, but that is almost purely wishful thinking on my part. And it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, if Microsoft was just like, nah, they're all ours. We've paid almost $8 billion. Why I'm would we saying. give it to anyone else? You know, yeah. we, we spent this silly money. They're mine. They're my toys. And I guess fair enough. I, I think this is how uh, like a prey and then evil women survive because if they if we get we I think we might get a new additions now because of this deal because they would sit nicely on Game Pass and they're the sort of things like they're bulky sort of like lengthy games that can sit on there and they can I, they're not to the level of like a Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls and they, this is like put having that sort of constant flow into Game Pass is going to keep that sort of like middle tier like middle. T- not they're triple a obviously but they they feel like a little bit lower like a little bit lower like yeah yeah i'll call elder scrolls 17a and then i'll call this triple a <laughs> like who we're making up the a's anymore but i think i've got the opposite take to you josh i mm. think everything but fallout and 70 fallout and elder scrolls does eventually come to the other side the other side playstation still like maybe timed or whatever like say maybe uh you can um you can get uh pray now pray to now or you could wait uh, 
four to six months to get on PlayStation if you want, if you want to spend £70 on it, or spend £10 a month on Game Pass. It's, there, it's, it's no brainer. Yeah, like, I'm just being an old codger as well now because yeah. like, I can't get behind this streaming generation either. Give me a disc. <laughs> Give me a disc. I will pay 70 bones for this disc and I'll put it in my console. Get out of here. Who has time to play that many games on Games Pass? <laughs> Not me. I'm a busy guy. I can't do that. So, like, you know, it's... Uh, uh, no. Nah. I just say, it is the children who are wrong. It is. <laughs> I'm going full Seamus Skinner here right now. Like, there's no one here at the 4H Club with me. We're PlayStation. I'm just mad. I can't. I, I can't. No, give me the physical I discs. I could turn my camera there, but there is not a single Xbox One X Xbox One game there. See, they're all digitally. They're all. I don't care. There's not a single Spencer game over. I'm calling them all Spencer now. And I've. Like low, I can't count them. Loads of play. There was loads of 360. Yeah, a lot of 360. A lot of PlayStation 4. All the Xbox One stuff is digital in the box, and I've only purchased one actual game through them, and that was Gears 4. The rest, the rest has been through Game Pass. And just like, well, of course, if you're just going to give them to me, like I will pay you 10 pounds a month. And if you think about this like this, just look at like three of those games on that list. You could then go, well, if I spent 70 on that on PlayStation, I could not. I could save that money. I could get an Xbox Series S and then play them on Game Pass there. And then you've just earned yourself another machine without spending that money. Like, I was doing this math in my head and it's just a crazy deal. It's, there's going to be some bad, there's going to be some good, but at the same time, I think it's going to get these some of these games into more people's hands and that's going to be at the end of the day good and competition creates competition even if some of the consumers are left out that's 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 kind of where i am at the end of the day like it's like well i i, I don't know what to say like as as like starfield like whenever that comes out when we're all like in our 70s like <laughs> we'll probably be just playing it on our iphones or android phones <laughs> but um that's the, the future that's the dark, horrible future of what's going to happen in the game industry this week. Uh, tune in next week when there's more dark, horrible f- futures to come. And hopefully, maybe a fun question about Mario, even though that, even though that uh, collection just seemed to fall out of Nintendo's back pocket and now it's... It's a scam. It, it, it's, uh, it's fine, but it's also like, what have you done? Uh, I've been Ben Ray. You can follow me at Ben Ray Turner. You can also follow Ewing at... Ewing? Yeah, <laughs> we're running with this. <laughs> Ewing ruins things. And you can follow Jush at... <laughs> Josh Brune. I almost called myself Jush. I, said, I almost said Jush Brune. Josh Brune with two O's. That's definitely it. And I just, just call him Juice Brown if you want. But anyway, that is <laughs> being the What Culture Game podcast. And until next week, uh, no more games. No more games. Games are gone. Games are dead. God Good killed them. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.